0: the Lord to prepare our hearts to receive his word, to stir us up, to stir up that, we want to get that, that tiller out that breaks up the fallow grounds and let our hearts get tilled up so they become soft so we can receive God's word in our hearts, amen? So Father, we just come before you now, the Holy Spirit, we just give you permission and ask you to deal with our hearts, to begin to move to remove the rocks, the stuff in there that will block your word from penetrating. We want your word to have its full effect. We want 100% fruitfulness to come from your word today. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we choose to put our affection, our attention on you. We make a choice to put aside the distractions the things we're going to do later on today, we choose to put those things aside and we choose to give you our attention and our affection. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We bless you, we praise you, and we thank you. We love you, we honor you, we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, many of you may realize or know that we are right now participating in a 21-day fast, corporate fast, as a church. The Lord put this on my heart over a month ago, early December. Sometime in December, I don't remember when exactly, sometime in December, he, he said, we need to, well, he's talking to me first, and I decided I'm not doing this by myself. No, I'm just kidding. That I want you to go on a fast and, and invite the church to go on a 21 day fast. And and so that's what we're doing. Praying 21 days from the 10th of July to the 31st, excuse me, January. Starts with a J, same thing almost. And on the 31st, Friday the thirty first, if you don't have this on your calendars yet, go ahead and mark this on your calendars. We're gonna have we're gonna end with a time of, of just praise, worship, a night of a night of prayer night of praise, night of worship. And I want to encourage you to come, and especially those of you who are dealing with sicknesses and illnesses in your bodies, I definitely want you to come because we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to lay hands on the sick, and we're going to expect the results that Jesus got. Amen? Because we're praying for you. We're praying for breakthrough. We're praying for God to have his way, and we know what his way is. The provision that he made. So we're on a 21-day fast. My question I want to ask you is, is, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Some people might say, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, why are we doing this? I miss those Twinkies. And I want to know why. You know, those of you who are participating, I don't want you to necessarily answer out loud, but how are you doing? You know, we finished the first week And how is it going with you? Is it a struggle? Are you being challenged? Are you experiencing some, man, this is pretty good. Are you experiencing some breakthrough in your relationship with the Lord? Are you counting down the days, can't wait till this is over? But how are you doing? Have some of you, you know, when you first heard this and heard about the fast, you said, I ain't doing that. No need for that. And maybe the Lord gently tap, you know, tapped your heart and you changed your mind. He said, you know what? Okay, I do want to participate. Maybe you've had to change your heart. And I want to say that's pretty awesome. You know, I don't believe that this is just a, a time to endure, a time to go without certain, certain food items. And I'm not going to be specific about certain food items because I don't want to cause you to suffer and, and stumble and all that kind of stuff. But why are we doing this? Now, this is my first time doing a 21-day fast, and I'm uh, particularly doing a Daniel-type fast where you don't eat any meat, breads, sweets. Anything good, basically, you don't eat. (laughs) Okay, maybe not exactly. But you know, the choice things, the things that we, we like, you know, the meat, the, the sweets, the, all that kind of stuff. Eliminated that and, and uh, it's been interesting. I'm experiencing the grace of God, which I believe he, he makes available for us when we engage his invitation. I'm experiencing his grace in a wonderful way. And I've been pleasantly surprised that when you eliminate meat and, and, Stuff I almost messed up and started being specific when you eliminate certain things. They're still good stuff to eat. And I didn't know that. (laughs) When Lisa's putting stuff on our plates. I'm like, what is that? But I eat it and it's like, hey, this is pretty good. Pass me some more. You know, I remember the other night we had we had this certain type of pasta. It was some type of Asian pasta, a weird color. So it's not necessarily appealing to the eyes. Matter of fact, I thought it was like bamboo sticks at first. Anyway, so there was a plate full of pasta and all these vegetables, and, and, and it, my plate was full, and it looked really good, and it was funny, and we just devoured it. I mean, it's like, you know. And I told Lisa, I said, two weeks ago, you put this in front of me, we're going to have problems. Like, woman, what is this? But Lisa's been doing a great job of, of making tasty dishes that, that are good for us. And, and it's, it's been neat as a family to, um, uh, to do this. And you know what's been really cool? Now, is, as we've been doing this as a family, and I didn't ask my kids permission, I said, kids, this is what we're going to be doing. We talked about it ahead of time. And I said, now, you know, if you go somewhere, if you're with your friends or whatever, you do whatever you want. You know, you eat what they eat. When you're in Rome, do as the Romans do. But at home, this is what we're going to do. Okay. And we talked about it. And I've been pleasantly surprised at how they've gone with it. And, and it's just beneath the atmosphere in the home, the, um, the peace, the encouragement. You know, we're watching. What we're doing is is instead of, um, we haven't turned the TV off all the way, but we've been watching some good, powerful, uplifting things, you know, Christian movies or Father of Lights, you never heard of that, of movies like that, and, and the kids are getting into it. You know, having times of worship and inventing creative desserts. Do you realize that you can make a tasty dessert out of a rice cake? you guys believe in miracles? Again, you put a rice cake in front of me two weeks ago, we're going to have issues. But now, Grant invented this one. He invented the, it's the rice cake with with a whole, was it wholesome, what do you call it? Natural peanut butter, and the bananas chopped up and put on it. That's what we have for dessert now. And it's awesome. It's awesome. And then my son, Benjamin, he invented another one. It's a, it's a smoothie. It's, it's got bananas and actually i don't know what's in it and probably don't want to know everything that's in it but it's really good it's really good and, and I'm, I'm surprised and I'm, I'm saying this because life can be that when we accept the lord's invitation to move into certain things at first it, it looks very difficult and we resist and i don't want any part of that but if we would just trust him and say you know what no lord I'm, I'm gonna move with you It not only turns out to not be as bad as we thought, but a lot of times it can be even better than we thought. And the amazing thing that I've discovered, I was kind of concerned because I do like to exercise. And I was concerned, oh, man, how am I going to do that? How am I going to have the energy to exercise during this time? And I've been really amazed. The most shocking thing is I've had more energy than I've ever had in my whole life. I mean, I I remember I I work out at, at Elite Combat Systems and I remember one night, it was a Monday night, and Liddell just kicked our butts. I mean, he worked us hard. I know Amy and Kayla and Miguel know what I'm talking about. He worked us hard. It was a hard workout, you know, a lot of, a lot of exercise. And I remember, and usually after Monday night when I get home, I'm just like, ah, oh, just sit in the recliner and just veg and just, you know, survive. But Monday night after, so I got home, and I, just, I was just kind of bouncing around. And it's like, man. What's up with me? And then Tuesday morning or Tuesday at noon, had another good good, solid workout. Afterwards, I'm just, man, what is going on? All this energy. And I realize it's what I'm putting in my mouth. Actually, it's what I'm not putting in my mouth. That's what it is. It's not what I'm putting in my mouth. It's the stuff. And I didn't realize the difference that that made in our bodies. I've heard people talk about it. But it's amazing. Now, I'm not trying to get into this health kick and what you should and shouldn't eat. I'm just saying that, I'm amazed that when God encourages us to do something, a lot of times it's multifaceted, purposeful. That not even makes any sense. I just threw those words together. But there's a lot of reasons why he has us doing things, and I'm pretty excited about this fast. But my question is, now that was an amazing statement right there. Did you hear what I just said? I said, I'm excited about this fast. I'm shocking myself when I just say that. Because like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, I used to be the, 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 the master at finding ways to maneuver around fasting. I avoided the scriptures in the Bible because they didn't apply to me. They applied to everybody else except me when it came to fasting. Fasting was a scary word because it meant starving. But as I've been embracing this, I become more and more excited. Now, don't get me wrong, there have been there hard days, especially if, if a commercial slips on the TV. It's like, oh my, that's of the devil. Get that off there. You know, certain food types. Or you're, you're driving by and you have your windows rolled down and you go by a certain restaurant and that, that wind hits you. Bam! Like, oh my goodness. Lord, deliver me from this place. So there are times when things get hard and and your mind can wander and you start daydreaming about certain foods and you have to bring it back in. But it hasn't been all easy as far as breezy sakes, but I've been very excited about this. But the question I want to ask you is why are we doing this? Why are we doing this 21-day fast here at New Covenant Fellowship? Now, here are some good reasons To fast, and we've been talking about this. One, Jesus expects his followers to fast. Remember, they asked him, the disciples of John came to Jesus and said, Hey, we're fasting, the Pharisees are fasting, but your boys ain't. What's up with that? Let me translate Your disciples who are following you aren't fasting. Why are they not? Sorry about that. And he said, Well, as long as I'm around, They don't need to, but as soon as I'm taken away, they will fast. In other words, his disciples, he said there will be a time when they will need to fast. If you're a follower of Jesus, there comes a point in time when you need to fast. So he shared that. He also taught things, he said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. He taught that in Matthew chapter 6. So again, we see that Jesus expects his followers to fast. So a good reason for us to do this is because Jesus teaches it. He taught it and he expects us to do it. So there's got to be some good in that for that reason. Because he taught us about fasting. Number two, it helps you become more sensitive to his voice. Because you are reducing the clutter in your life as you draw closer to God. We talked about soul clutter. This is a term that I've adopted. I don't know where I got it. But soul clutter when When our, and this is what the Lord was talking to me about a few weeks ago, when I realized that I had developed PADD, Prayer Attention Deficit Disorder, where I've become so distracted, I'm sitting there praying, I'm, I'm, I've, whether I'm in the nursery or downstairs or at home by myself, and I'm spending time with the Lord, and all these distractions are hitting me, my phone, you know, a text or, or alerts or schedules or, or, um, ESPN alerts or all the stuff is just bombarding me and I'm allowing it to. And I'm just kind of scattered. And the Lord says, man, you, you got to take care of that. And a lot of times, you know, here's one of the most common things I hear from Christians. I wish I could hear God's voice. He doesn't talk to me. And see, that's not true. Because if you're his child, you can hear his voice and he talks to you. Well, excuse me, back up. He does talk to you. Now whether or not you hear his voice, that is on your side, not his side. If Greg decides to tell me something and I put ear uh, plugs in my ear and he's talking to me, trying to communicate something to me very important and I don't hear it and I miss it. Let's say he's giving me some life saving instructions and then I don't hear those because of what's in my ears and I go out and I suffer some grave consequences. Whose fault was that? Greg's or mine? Did Greg try to give me the needed information? Yes. He probably spoke loud and clear. And when you hear Greg talk, you know his voice is not soft and quiet. So it was not on his part to not communicate clearly or loudly. It was on my part to hear. Because it's something that I had blocking. And that's what we need to deal with. We have things blocking us from hearing him. And fasting, to me, it's settings. Specific time aside to get your soul cleared out so that you can hear him more clearly. That's another good reason to fast. Number three, it's an intentional way to put him in his kingdom first. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I believe it is. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first. And remember, before that, he's talking about how the world and how people are so consumed with seeking after their needs. You know, whether it's food or clothing or shelter and all that kind of stuff. And he says, these things that Gentiles eagerly seek, people are aggressively and passionately going after their needs to be met. But he says, you know what? Not that these things these things are important. We all need these things. And you know, Jesus didn't even say, you don't need that. Forget that. But what he said was, seek God's kingdom First. Put him first, and then guess what's going to happen? These things are going to happen. These things will be taken care of. It's almost like he was saying, you watch God's back, he'll watch your back. It's not like God needs his back watch, right? But you put his things first, and he'll make sure your things are taken care of. So when we as a church corporately fast for 21 days, then what we are saying as a church is, God, we in 2014, we are putting your kingdom first. We're setting this year, we're looking forward to great fruitfulness in 2014, but we're going to start off with, God, you're first. We're seeking your kingdom aggressively, diligently, intentionally, first. So as you fast, that's what you're doing. You're putting his kingdom first. And he says, when you do that, these things will be taken care of. Number four, you qualify for God to reward you openly as you do these things in secret. He says when you give in secret, when you pray in secret, and when you fast in secret, the Father will reward you openly. Openly. That means He's going to show off for you, to you, through you, and everybody's going to see it. Or people will see it. Because then you will qualify. That'll be a situation where your light will shine in such a way that see, people will see your good works and they'll glorify him. So when you fast, and, it, and it's, I know it's kind of difficult because it's not in secret per se because we all know about it, so to speak. So it's like, oh, no, I've, I'm disqualified because it's not a secret. Well, he's talking about the intentions of the heart. Now, if you go around like at work, if you carry this long face, you know, someone says, hey, bro, you want to go out for lunch? You want to go with me to Buffalo Wild Wings? Something like, that. Oh, no, I can't. I'm doing this dumb fast. And my passion made me go on. You know, if that's the heart, then first of all, you shouldn't be fasting in the first place. Because you're just wasting a lot of time. <laughs> you know, or if you carry this martyr complex, you know, oh, no, we're fasting. And and it's not that you shouldn't tell people, but it's, the, it's, it's your motive. What is your motive? Are you doing it to bring attention to yourself? Because I believe you can use it as a witnessing opportunity. It really can. You say, well, hey, I notice you're not eating for lunch, or you're you're staying back, like, you know, not going with us. And what's going on? And and maybe there's an opportunity to share what's going on. It may open up the opportunity for you to share the gospel. So when we fast in secret, when we do this, and we, we qualify to be rewarded by the Lord... Another good reason to fast is we bring king's stomach under subjection. Because unfortunately, king's stomach rules and reigns in a lot of lives. He rules and reigns in our society. You know, I'm not going to say just our society, but societies in general, but our particular society, man, it revolves around food. It really revolves around food. We waste a lot of food. And and we make decisions based on food. Even bad decisions. You know, have you ever been so hungry? And I i don't know if I've gotten that far, but you know, you're so hungry. It's like, man, I don't care. Just give me some food. I'm starving. I'll, I'll pay a $1,000 for a piece of steak or something. You just get so hungry and so famished that you almost do anything. And remember Esau, what he did. He got so hungry. And he said, hey, bro, give me some of them beans that you got cooking. Smell pretty good. And he said, no, you can't have any. And he ended up tricking him. He says, Hey, give me your birthright. He says, I don't care. I'm about to die. What good is my birthright going to do anyway if I'm dead? I'm starving here. He says, Give me your birthright. Okay, I don't care. He let his stomach rule. He despises birthright. He despised the blessing of being the firstborn because all he cared about at that point was food, being sensual, being, you know, letting his stomach rule and reign. And unfortunately, we can do that. And so when we fast, when we choose to say, you know what, stomach, I put you under subjection to Jesus. I'm going to set aside this time to neglect eating certain things just so I can focus on the Father. Another good reason is you dramatically increase kingdom fruitfulness in your life. And we talked about this. Remember the parable of the soil when he talks about at the very end where he talks about the good soil where fruit will be born and you will bear 30, 60, and 100-fold. Remember that? I used to always think, and it was interesting to me because I just discovered this a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, reading that book, on the fasting book. I used to think that 30, 60, or 100-fold was a random deal. Like, I guess some will get 30-fold, some 60, and some 100 and I've experienced fruitful, fruitfulness in my life, but I thought, Lord, how do you experience a hundred, how do you gain a hundred percent fruitfulness? How do you do that? And I never knew that. I never understood that was, that's always been a question until what I believe is the answer. 30, 60, a hundred. A lot of things are in threes. Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, three things. I believe that when you participate in those three things, praying, giving, and fasting, that's when you prepare yourself to become 100% fruitful. You can go from 30 to 60 to 100. Another reason you increase your spiritual power, strengthen your faith, and deal the lethal blow to unbelief. This is another thing, that, another question, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but I forgot to finish the thought, realized it later. But you remember in Matthew chapter 17, when Jesus is coming off the mountain and he's, and he's approached by this man whose son is demonized, he's demon-possessed, and, he, and, he, um, and the father, is, he's, he's troubled and he's desperate, and he says, Jesus, would you please help my son? And he said, I brought him to your disciples and they could not help him. And remember, the disciples were the ones who followed Jesus, who Jesus had empowered and given authority to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel. Remember those people? That was the disciples. He empowered them to do that. And they went and they did it. They saw people get healed. They saw people get um, um, set free from demons. And here they come across this, this man, and this son is demonized, and they can't help him. And it's like, why can't they help him? And they asked him. And they said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. That's what he said first, because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so the debate has been, because you'll hear different teachings on, that when you fast and pray, you're dealing with doubt and unbelief. Or some people say, when you fast and pray, you're dealing with those kind of demons on a higher level. So it's like, which one is it? Because only certain certain types of demons only come out by prayer and fasting. It's like, which one was it? Which one is it? Oh no, oh no. But here's what I realized. If you fast and pray, it doesn't matter which one it is because you take care of both of them. That's what excited me. If I'm fasting and praying, then what's going to happen is the doubt and unbelief in my life is going to be dealt with. If I'm fasting and praying, then this kind of demon that only comes up by prayer and fasting, guess what? He's got to go. He's got to go. And so if we enter into a lifestyle of fasting... Not just on the first 21 days of the year, but a lifestyle. And that doesn't mean every, you're fasting every single day. But if I turn to a lifestyle of fasting and prayer, then my doubt and unbelief is definitely going to be dealt with. And secondly, when I come across a person who's demonized, and that demon tries to lie and says, I come out only by prayer and fasting, then well, guess what I've been doing? Guess where you have to go? Amen? So it increases our fruitfulness. It deals with doubt and unbelief. You know, other reasons why are we praying? Why are we doing this? We are looking to God for breakthrough. Some of you might already be experiencing breakthrough. Things are starting to shake. Things that you've been dealing with for years, all of a sudden, might be shaking, things coming loose. We want to see people in our church who have been dealing with uh, illnesses and diseases for many, many years. We want to see them healed, set free. We want to see financial, financial breakthrough for this church, for people in our church. We want to see all those things. And those are very good reasons to fast. But if we stop there, then we missed it. We've missed it. Because those reasons are not the ultimate reason why we're doing this. I had a wonderful conversation with Aaron and Sheila Means yesterday. And it was kind of funny. I hope you guys don't want me telling tell on you. But I made the mistake of we, uh, I said, hey, let's meet. And they said, okay. And they said, where? And I said, Panera. Okay, you already see the problem, right? Well, I wasn't thinking about that because I meet at Panera a lot. So I wasn't thinking. So I walk in, and just like the day before, Thursday I was there, I just walk in, um, and like the other day I walked in, I just went right over to the booth and met with a friend. But yesterday I walk in, I I came in behind them, and they're standing in front of the counter, and Sheila's looking at me with a look. I'm like, what's up? And she's looking back at all the stuff. Those of you who have been to Panera, you know all the stuff I'm talking about. All that stuff, right? And she says, why did you do this to us? (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I wasn't even thinking. And so it was funny because we're sitting there trying to order something. And we had to keep telling people, go ahead. You guys go ahead. We're sitting there trying to figure this out. You know, looking at the menu, looking... Okay, now is sugar in this? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, I messed up. But anyway, so me and Sheila made the mistake of of ordering oatmeal. Exactly. Yeah. You know, butter, sugar, sugar. You know. So anyway, we tried it and it, it didn't taste. So anyway, that was a side thing. <laughs> But we had a great time, though. I really appreciate this couple. How many of you guys know The Means? Anybody know The Means besides me? (laughs) But we had a great conversation, and and it was interesting because the things that the Lord has been stirring in my heart, considering what I'm about to talk about now, Aaron just started talking and just blasting this stuff, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that is so good. You know, it was so awesome. But it's like, why are we fasting? And this is why I'm excited. Right here. It reminded me of Moses. Remember Moses, one of God's friends? Remember him? And the Bible even says, God's, you know, he, matter of fact, it says he, he and Moses met face to face as a man does with his friend. But Aaron reminded me why Moses was such a friend of God. Who has seen more powerful miracles than Moses? I mean, who has seen a sea? in two halves, in walls, where people walk on dry ground, not wet, milky, mucky mud, dry ground. Has anybody seen that movie? I think it's called The Prince of Egypt. It's a cartoon. Remember that? One of the coolest scenes in that movie, and I'm like, oh my, because I never thought of it before. You know how when you've been to these big aquariums and you see like these big like killer whales or dolphins or whatever, and it's just this, like if you're in a big glass area and then you see these big things. Well, in that movie, it showed the, the walls of water standing there. And it showed the fish swimming through there. Remember that? Wouldn't that be awesome? It'd be scary too. But you're walking and you're just looking and, and you see these big whales and fishes swimming by just inches away from you. I'm sorry, that was a little side thing I was excited about. But, but Moses was instrumental in that miracle happening. Water coming out of a rock. Moses was instrumental in that happening. People's clothing. And I didn't realize this till the other day, but when it says that their shoes didn't even wear out, they wore their same shoes for 40 years. Have you thought about this? So I used to think about them not wearing out. In other words, the material was good enough to, you know, that it didn't fall apart. Do you realize that people's feet grow? So as the children's feet were growing, the shoes were growing. That is awesome. Their clothes were somehow not wearing out. 40 years. So, so Moses saw these powerful, incredible miracles. And then he says, God, show me your face so that I may know you. Some translations it says, God, show me your face. And some translations it says, Show me your ways that I may know you. Because I was looking at and I was trying to find the verse where it said, show me your face, and I couldn't find it. So I was looking at all these translations like, wait a minute, what happened to face? And I believe one of the original translations is face because later on, God says, you can't see my face. Remember that? He says, you can't see my face, but I will show you my goodness. You know, And he says, I'll put you in the rock and I'll by you and everything. But here's what blessed me when Aaron brought this out. Here's this man that saw all these miracles. All these powerful miracles, and he said, God, show me you. I want you. And even to take it further, when God was getting pretty frustrated with the people because of the bickering and murmuring and complaining and testing God over and over and over, and God said, stand back. I'm gonna start over with you, Moses. I'm gonna wipe them all out. Remember that? And God, and, and Moses appealed to God on their behalf. But then, I don't know if I'm getting this in order, But God was talking about taking them into the promised land. But he said, Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with us, I ain't going. And God even said, I will send angels or an angel before you to take you in. In other words, another big, powerful miracle. Moses didn't care nothing about the miracles unless God was with him. That's why he was a friend of God. He didn't get carried away. And I'm sure Moses was, his eyes got a little bit bigger when he saw the sea splitting and he saw the water coming out of the rock. I'm sure Moses was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But he was so in love with God. And there was a time when, remember, the Lord said to Moses, he said, tell the people to sanctify themselves for three days because I'm going to come down and talk to them. And so they went on a fast and they did all the ceremony, whatever they had to do. And then when Moses said, hey guys, let's go, let's go see God. And you know Moses is all excited. I can say he's just excited because he says, you know what? All of us are going to get to hear and see God. Because Moses had that experience and now he's going to get to share it with all the people. And so they begin to approach that mountain and then what happens? God descends. (laughs) You know, lightning. I can't imagine what that looked like. But all of a sudden the people... Instead of moving towards, they started freaking out and becoming afraid of. And they started hollering and screaming. And then they said, never mind. Moses, let God talk to you and you just tell us what to do. See, God's desire was to talk to all of his people. They didn't want that. They said, no, Moses, let God talk to you and you just tell us what to do. And see, some people are just content with hearing the rules. Some people are just content with the form, the ritual. And a lot of people love the miracles. But Moses said, God, show me your face. Show me your face. And there was another man in the New Testament that Aaron was talking to me about. His name was Paul, the Apostle Paul. And this man had all these credentials and I believe it's Philippians chapter 3. He starts sharing his credentials of how he was the Hebrew of the Hebrews and the Pharisees of the Pharisees and was a stickler of the law and he honored God and he persecuted Christians to honor God and all this kind of stuff. And we know that Paul saw all kinds of miracles. I mean, a man was bitten by a viper, a snake that should have killed him in seconds and he just shook it off, raised people from the dead, all kinds of incredible miracles And Paul says, you know, all that stuff, all those credentials, I count that but dung. in comparison to knowing Jesus. I want Jesus. I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Whatever it takes to know you, Jesus, that's what I want. And man, that just went through me yesterday. These people loved God. And even though they had the stuff, they had the miracles, incredible miracles. And that was cool because they saw it as a tool to take care of the people. And that's what miracles are. If you think about it, they're tools to take care of the people, whether it's healing, whether it's provision, whether it's deliverance, whether it's taking a broken person and them being healed. Miracles do that. But, you know, in, in um, I believe it's in Psalms somewhere where God says, I am your reward. I am your exceedingly great reward. And here's what I realize. God is offering us himself. And that's why I find myself getting excited. Because I'm like, what's wrong with me? I like food a lot. But I am so excited. This morning when I got up and, you know, because sometimes it's hard to get up. You know what I mean? Especially when it's nice and warm under the covers. And whoo, it's brisk out there? I just want to stay just, just a few more minutes. You know, snooze. Nine minutes. Nine more minutes. Nine more minutes. Nine. It is so comfortable just to. And I was laying there. My alarm went off. And I was about to push the. But then it had this thought grow through my mind. i want Jesus. I get to spend time with Jesus. Turned it off, got up, grabbed a whole bunch of blankets, <laughs> and shuffled my way into the living room. Popped on my worship music, my headphones, made by kicker. I just had a great time. And I was laying there at times crying because I'm thinking, God, what is going on with me? You are awesome. What's going on with me? You are awesome. What's happening? You are awesome. And I just sing and just worship, praying in tongues, praying in English, singing and just worshiping him and saying, God, that's all I could say. I couldn't even say a lot of stuff except God. And I don't understand what's happened. I can't explain it. But as I'm being intentional, drawing close to him, he's doing something in me. And that's what he's saying he wants with all of us. Then come closer to me. Come closer to me. But we have to reject the snooze button. Sometimes we have to reject the meat. Or the Twinkies or whatever. Sometimes we need to put things away. Put things aside. And say, you know what? That sure looks good and I'm sure it'll taste good. But Jesus, I'm coming after you. I want you. I want you. And see, here's the deal. God wants his presence to be manifested in this place more than we've ever imagined. God wants people to be healed, saved, set free, delivered. He wants that stuff more than we can even fathom. Because he's the one that made it possible. He's the one that made the provision. But here's what's going to happen. When we get him, we're going to get all that other stuff too. But if we get so focused on that stuff, and it doesn't happen in the timing that we think it should happen, or it doesn't happen as often as it should happen, then we're going to get frustrated. We're going to get discouraged. Some of us may even quit because many people have. Their prayers didn't get answered like they thought they should. The person, the people they prayed for died or remained sick. The provision they prayed for, the miracles of financial need. God, I need the money today or I'm going to lose my house. The money didn't come and they lose their house. And they say, well, God, you weren't there for me. I'm not going to be here for you. But see, if we go after him, we can't lose. Because then the worst things that we can't even imagine could happen to us or to our loved ones. And we're still holding on to him. Because what's going to happen is our perspective is going to change and we're going to realize that this world is very, very, very temporary. It's very temporal. But he is forever and I get him forever. And I get to start now. I get to start now. You know, I used to be pretty frustrated with our society. Those of you who've been on mission trips, particularly in third world countries, I'm not talking about mission trips to Hawaii. Now, there are mission trips to Hawaii, okay? There are those, but that's not the kind I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the, When you go to the places and they don't have the distractions of technology like we do. And I used to get frustrated and I'd say, man, that's not fair. Because we have all these distractions we have to deal with. I don't get to know God, or I can't know God as much as someone who lives off in the jungle somewhere, who aren't having to deal with Facebook or or FaceTime and, and all that kind of stuff. But the Holy Spirit spoke something to me the other day, and I got really excited. And you know, it goes back to why was the, you know, there were, there were all kinds of trees in the Garden of Eden, right? And there was one particular tree that was forbidden to eat from. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, you can eat from all these other trees. And I'm sure they were beautiful. I'm sure they were tasty. But where do they go and hang out? By the tree they weren't supposed to. Why was that tree there? This is, this is my theory. That tree was an opportunity for Adam and Eve to choose God, to love God. All, this, all these distractions in our society, the television, the football games, the basketball games, the Facebook, all this kind of stuff, it can be a distraction. They're all opportunities for you to choose God. I believe the greatest gift, you know, when we love God so much and and we say, God, I just want to give back to you. I just want to give back to you. The greatest gift that you can give him, I believe, blesses him the most is when you say, you know what, God, I'm going to spend time with you. Especially when that game is on or that opportunity when your friends say, hey, you want to go with us to do such and such? Say, hey, I appreciate that, but I have another appointment right now. And you say, Jesus, I'm just going to spend time with you. Is there any greater gift that you can than you can give him? So when we put aside the foods or the activities, the technology, what we're doing is we're saying, "God, I choose you. I'm coming after you." So here's what I'd like how I'd like to close. I want to pray. For those of us who want this, I'm going to pray and ask him for grace to spend time with him, spend more time with him. In other words, the, the grace, the ability that will help you get over the, the hurdle, because sometimes we have intentions, like you intend to get up in the morning, and then when morning comes, you know, you stayed up a little later than you, you intended And so when you get up, it's like, oh, man, it's hard to wake up. And so then all of a sudden you push the snooze or you go back to sleep or whatever. But I'm just going to ask him for grace to help us to get over that, to get over the hurdle, to help us to get up. Because you know what I mean? Sometimes it's easy to see God. Sometimes it's hard. I'm going to ask him to help us move us forward so we can spend time with him. And then right after that, right after we pray, I'm going to encourage you to do something very practical moving in that. Let's pray. Father, we do ask you right now for your grace, which is your power and desire that you give us to do your will. We're asking for grace to spend more time with you. Father, I pray that in these next few days, throughout the rest of this fast, Lord, and even continuing on to the rest of the year, that we will embracing our lives, spending time with you. I thank you for the grace. And Lord, you said that if we ask anything according to your will, and we know that it is your will for us to spend time with you, so we know we're praying according to your will right now. I ask for your grace for us here who want it to spend time. That will help us get over the hurdle. That will help us to move forward. In spending time with you. And I thank you for it. And we choose not to resist your grace, Father, but to embrace it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, right before we dismiss, I'm going to ask you to do something. But this is why. So whenever you think, when you're choosing something or not to do something because you're fasting. And you think, why am I doing this? Am I trying to impress God? Am I trying to gain points from God? Am I trying to get God to like me more? No. Because you can eat all the Twinkies you want and God will still love you the same. He said, I'm doing this because I want to move closer to him. I want to know him more. Now, here's what I want you to do. Practical. Either if you have a pencil and paper Um. Take this out because I want you to write something down. If you use technology, get out your get out Siri. Talk to Siri. Or get out your your. Here's what I want to encourage you to do right now because you're not going to do this exercise right now, but you're going to remind yourself to do it later today. This is the today is the first day of the week. I always say it is the last day of the week, but it's the first day of the week. And so we're about to move into our busy schedules. We're about to. Some of us are going to work or school tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. If you're not careful, what will happen is you'll move into your week, you'll get to the end of the week, and you'll look back and say, man, I didn't spend any time with God. But you intended to. So here's what I want you to do today. write Make a reminder on your phone, set an alarm, that sometime today you're going to sit down and schedule in Jesus' time this week. In other words, you're going to look at your schedule. Say, okay, Monday, what do I have going on? Tuesday, what do I have going on? Wednesday, what do I have going on? You're going to look at your schedule, and then you're going to pencil in Jesus' time throughout the week. And you're going to set those appointments. So if someone calls and says, hey, you want to go to lunch with me, or hey, you want to do this? Say, hold on a second, let me check my schedule. Look at your schedule, and it says Jesus' time. You say, hey, I can't at that time I have an appointment. See, this is how I set my times, because I realize that if I don't, because some of you may think, well, as a pastor, you can spend 24-7 with Jesus. then doesn't work that way. Or you're here at the church, you have all day to spend time with Jesus. I could, but it doesn't work that way. And so what I have to do is, and, and I remember what I almost did this week when I was talking to the Lord this morning, when I was thinking about my week schedule, thinking of the, the people I'd like to meet with and just hang out with and spend time with. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on, let me slow down. Lord, I don't want to fill up my time with people and not you so what i'm going to do today is i'm going to fill in my jesus time first and then make all the appointments around that now i know your work schedule may be rigid where you can't change that so look before work or during lunch or in the evening or whenever but i encourage you to set aside time every day and pencil in your jesus time okay all all right let's all stand